Welcome in to Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys tonight. They were on earlier today filling in for Greeny from 10 to noon. You miss any of that, be sure to check out the Black and Abdallah podcast wherever you get your podcast subscribe download all that good stuff 312-332-3776 talking some bears some bulls i've got some some bulls trade stuff that i want to get to uh today and we're gonna we're gonna learn how to behave today i'm alongside jake Cantu, kendra smith today we're gonna learn how to behave later on in the show we'll do all that in just a little bit um let's start with the bears here because this is the off season of chicago right the NFL draft, number one overall pick, free agency, the most cap space, even though some of that cap space is a little less than what we anticipated it would be, it is still the the most cap space by a wide margin of any team in the NFL for this offseason. And it seems like if you're a Bears fan, you've got your quarterback of the future to build around. A lot at your disposal. It is going to be a absolute field day for Ryan Poles this offseason. He's going to have anything at his disposal that he wants. He's got the number one overall pick, but he also has eight other draft picks at his own as well for this offseason for the NFL draft. So there's a lot that Ryan Poles is going to be able to work with this offseason. Now, the conversation is centered around what are the Bears going to do with that number one overall pick? I think looking all around, you kind of have it figured out, right? They are not going to be drafting at number one. I don't think that this Bears team needs to use that first overall pick at number one. It's time to ship that pick out and try to recoup as many assets as possible. As much as I would love to see Ryan Poles go out and fleece someone, I just don't know if that's going to be the reality when things are all said and done. Again, it all it takes is one desperate team, and we are starting to see... Without any signings or anything really going on, we are starting to see the quarterback market kind of thin out a little bit. Some things are breaking the Bears' way so far. Tom Brady retiring certainly helps the Bears out in that regard. Um, The Brock Purdy injury probably helps the Bears out in some regard. Not that we root for injury here, but it helps the Bears because now what are the 49ers going to do? How are they going to assess their quarterback situation? So a lot of things breaking the Bears' way here in the early going. But the conversation surrounding the number one overall pick, I think as Bears fans, and we saw the report yesterday from Albert Breer, the Bears are going to move forward with Justin Fields and are expected to trade the pick number one overall and, and not draft a quarterback this year, in the first round at least. So I think about this number one overall pick. And what I want in return. And again, there's going to be a number of suitors that are going to come your way trying to give you certain pieces for this top pick. And there are quarterbacks at the top of the board that plenty of teams like. Maybe no, nobody generational, but certainly players that teams would like. So I, I'm asking the question of this. What are your must-haves in a return for the number one overall pick. What do you need coming back your way if you're Ryan Poles for this number one overall pick? If you see the return, if we see the Schefter tweet, the Bears have traded the number one overall pick to Team X. The return is this, 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 and this. 
And maybe it's not even that many pieces there. Maybe I had too many thises there. What will you be unsatisfied with? What has to come back in the, for this number one overall pick? Here's what I've got. And if you've got an answer, 312-332-3776. We'd love to hear from you. Tyler Rocky sitting in for Bleck and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. I need a pick swap this year in the first round. Pick swap. So first overall pick going to Team X. And in return, I need a, a pick swap coming back in the first round for this year. So swap first rounders in this year's draft. I also need that to be a top 10 pick as well. I need that. I need it to be in that top 10. So that kind of narrows down the number of teams you're willing to do business with here. All right? It limits it to nine. I also need a first rounder for next year as well. And I think if you're Ryan Poles, you're – doing business with a team that's drafting a rookie quarterback, chances are they're not going to have a great season this year, and they're probably going to be drafting in the top 10 the next season as well if they do end up picking a quarterback. And I also want a second rounder in this year's draft. Those are the three things. I know some people want players coming back in a trade. Some people want more picks. Those are my three requirements. Those are the three boxes I need. I need a pick swap this year, and it has to be in the top 10. I need a first rounder for next year, and I need a second rounder as well. What do you think? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Am I selling it short at all? Am I? Le- is there still more meat on the bone? Am I asking too much? Well, how how do you think Ryan Poles should be handling this trade for the first overall pick? To me, the the important thing is I need to see a first rounder come back this in this year's draft. I'd prefer it to be in the top 10. And I also need to see that first rounder next year because I think that anybody that's drafting a quarterback in the first round this year is going to have their fair share of struggles in the upcoming season. Those are the moves that I need to see because I want to see what Ryan Poles does with all this draft capital at his expense right now. But I need multiple first-rounders. This is, remember, this is a Bears team. I mean, how many times do we get to night one of the NFL draft and it's like, all right, we got the NFL draft coming. It, this is going to be awesome. And then you remember, oh, wait, Bears don't have a pick. What are they going to do in this first round here? We're just going to be sitting on the sidelines. They don't have anything to trade to get into the first round either. It would take something Herculean to bounce your way into the first round. I, I think that this Bears team, if you give Ryan Poles, because again, a lot of people, not necessarily critical, but they, there's commentary on what Ryan Poles did in his first draft of his career as the general manager of a Bears team. But remember, we have never seen Ryan Poles make a first round pick as the general manager of an NFL franchise before. So I really want to see what his drafting philosophy is like. And again, I, I'm i really intrigued because if you're the Bears right now, you do not need any sort of, you don't need a quarterback right now, and you've got so many holes on your roster that I look at whatever wherever you're going to be picking in, in the first round, wherever you're picking, you've got a, a chance to fill some sort of need. And I I think that when you've got as many problems on your roster 
it doesn't really matter where you're picking in that top 10. Listen, I would love to have Will Anderson. I would love to have Jalen Carter on this team, right? But if it maybe gets you a little bit more in net return, maybe you get an extra third rounder or a fourth rounders from somebody and you move into the the seventh or eighth spot as opposed to the third or the fourth spot, fifth spot, then I'm all right with that. I, I want to see what this team can get asset-wise. And I'm not completely sold that they need a player. I know a lot of people have brought up, oh, the Colts as a great trade partner with the Bears. And I want to see Michael Pittman in a Bears uniform as a result. I want to see Quentin Nelson. I want to see DeForest Buckner. I wouldn't say no to that. I think those guys are all fine players. Some of them even great players, too. But that's not a must-have for me. I like the blank canvas that Ryan Poles has right now. And I shouldn't really say blank. It's not totally blank because I think when you've got a a franchise quarterback on your roster, maybe you've filled in, you've painted the background, you've painted the the trees and the scenery, and now you're focusing on the foreground of the painting at this point. But I want to see what Ryan Poles does with what he's got at his disposal. So we're talking right now, what are your must-haves in a return for the number one overall pick in this year's NFL draft. We're talking with you, 312-332-3776. Greg's in Maryville to kick us off. What's going on, Greg? How you doing? Good. What you got for us tonight, Greg? I think the goal is to get as much draft capital as for next year because I think Marvin Harrison Jr., it has to be their target going into next year's draft. So if you can get a one and a two for next year, along with swapping back, I would definitely do it. Yeah, I'm with you. Listen, I think a first-rounder next year is paramount, and appreciate the call, Greg. I I would love to see Marvin Harrison Jr. in a Bears uniform. I think a lot of Bears fans and anyone who's watched college football last, from last year, seeing what he did at Ohio State, he is the most intriguing player to me in the upcoming NFL draft. and Or not this upcoming, but in the 2024 NFL draft. I, I would love to see him in a Bears uniform. You get Ohio State with Ohio State as well. The Buckeye connection, even though they didn't actually play with each other, um, with Fields and Harrison. But I would, uh, he is one of the guys that, from watching Ohio State this past season, there is nobody more intriguing to me in this upcoming crop of players than Marvin Harrison Jr. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Nick's and Skokie. What's up, Nick? Hey, what's up, brother? Honestly, I'm so glad that you kind of did this topic because I'm not a Bears fan, and if it's okay with you, I'd like to come at it from the aspect of another team, if that's cool. Yeah, go for it. So um, I'm actually a Vegas Raiders fan, and I'm hearing what you are asking for, and I agree with you. The number one pick is a prize to be had. However, I think my team right now is sitting at number one, and obviously I don't have a quarterback, so – I agree that giving you guys our number seven pick is fair. I also think that giving you a second round pick for next year is fair, especially because there's a good chance we're going to finish right around 500 or maybe under 500. I also think giving you a tool or a weapon to put around Justin is fair. And the reason I think that that is fair enough is because of all of the money you guys have in free agency and you double it out. Now, granted, I know that that's not your problem, right? Like you, you Mm -hmm. plan for that, but with all of the holes 
that you guys have. I just don't know that you're going to be able to get best-case scenario at every single one of those positions based on all of the players that were let go this season. I think that it's, on, from the other side, asking for two number one picks and a number two pick on top of the free agency money and the, the assets that you guys already have, unless it is Indy, I don't know any other team that's top ten that's going to be able to jump in and give you guys what you want because I just don't know if they have the assets to and it's, it's a fair point, Nick, and I appreciate the phone call there. Yeah, you, you got to, of course, find the trade partner, right, within the top 10. Look for the, the team that's got some extra picks. I know everyone loves to fantasize about, oh, the double trade back. I don't know how plausible that is. And I think if Ryan Poles pulls that off, well, then you're really looking at a, a bright general manager who I think has accomplished something in in his first real full off season as well. So I would love to see that. I just don't know how plausible the double trade back is. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. What are your must haves for the Bears trading the number one overall pick? What is a must have for the list of returns? What has to be in that package back? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll take more of your calls when we come back. Tyler Rocky sitting in for Black and Abdallah. Chicago's home for sports, Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. This just in from Shams Charania of The Athletic, who will be on with Waddle and Sylvie tomorrow, by the way, at 3 o'clock here on ESPN 1000. This from Shams. DeMar DeRozan has been named an all-star. It's his sixth all-star appearance in his career. So the Bulls' very own DeMar DeRozan is going to go to the all-star game out in Utah, his sixth appearance. Looking at some of his numbers here this season, they're actually pretty similar to what they were a year ago when he was an undoubted all-star at this time last season. He was, at, in fact, an all-star starter last year. This is He's coming in as a reserve this time around, but um, averaging 26.3 points, down 1.6 from last season. Um, he's shooting a better percentage from the field. He's up to 51% as opposed to 50 last year. Um, Three-point shooting is a little bit down, but that's not really his game. Rece- uh, rebounds, 5.2 last year, 4.9 this year. Assists, 5.0 this year, 4.9 last year. The uh, steals are about the same. Turnovers are actually cut down slightly as well. So DeMar DeRozan going to the All-Star game for his sixth appearance of his career. Um, I guess the, the one major difference between DeMar DeRozan last year and DeMar DeRozan this year is, well, the record's a lot different. 50 games in last year, the Bulls were 32 and 18. This year, they are 23 and 27. So that's maybe why he's not a starter is because even though the production is still pretty much right on par with what we saw last year in an all NBA season out of DeMar DeRozan, the wins have not come as a result of it. So uh, we'll get to some more Bulls thoughts in just a little bit, but I want to continue to take your Bears calls here. Talking about the first overall pick that the Bears, it seems like all intentions are to trade. And what is your must-have list 
in return? What has to be in the package coming back to the Bears and Ryan Poles when that first overall pick is eventually traded? 312-332-3776. Tom's in Palatine. What's up, Tom? Yeah, I was uh, thinking that uh, with the um, with all the cap space we've got, if you could find a team with uh, who's maybe in a little seller cap trouble, like uh, Carolina's, middle of the pack in cap space, maybe you could take a, a big contract off of their hands. Um, I don't know. I don't think they'd give up DJ Moore or Shaq, Shaq uh, what's his name? Um, Shaq uh, the, uh, linebacker. Thomas. The linebacker. Yeah, Shaq Thomas. You know, but would you be able to maybe uh, swing something that way in terms of getting a player if you were to, you know, and, and maybe then you're able to get another draft pick out of them or something? Yeah, and appreciate the call there, Tom. You know, it's not a bad line of thought, um, taking on some cap. The one thing is, though, is that a lot of times the teams that find themselves in cap hell are the ones that gave out bad quarterback contracts and have continued to give out bad quarterback contracts that kind of derail their cap. Um, or they're teams that probably aren't looking for, um, the, they're not looking for the, the number one overall pick either. Um, like the Buffalo Bills, I, I'm just looking at the the worst cap situations in the NFL right now. Let me read you off the, the bottom seven here. All right. Uh, the Saints looking for a quarterback. Bucks now looking for a quarterback. But then it's Jaguars, Titans looking for a quarterback. Uh, Vikings, Bills, Chargers. And you can even go further and go to the Packers too, who may or may not be looking for a quarterback. Now, of that list that I just read off, the Titans and the Bucks are intriguing to me. However, you have to think about what you're given back, right? Like the Bucks, the the first over their first round draft pick that they would have would be later because they were a team that made the playoffs. Now, maybe does Mike Evans' name get floated into that conversation? That's been a name that's sort of been floated about, but I thought Shay Norling on Cap and J Hood this morning brought up an interesting one and is, all right, what about Vita Vea? Like, that's a guy who has been a game wrecker in this league. He's had some difficulty, if I remember correctly, staying healthy at times. But you talk about an interior line presence on a defensive line that needs a ton of help. Vita Vea is a name that intrigues me, but I would be needing to get a lot more draft capital in return as well if I was going to make a trade like that with the Bucks, because of the fact that they're going to be drafting later and this is a Bears team that I still would want to see in the top 10 when you're going out and making a draft pick. 312-332-3776. Joey Elk Grove. What's going on, Joey? Good. How are you? Good. What you got for us? You wanted to do 10 picks. I think we should trade for top five. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Colts would be the most desperate to do it. And if you get that fourth pick, we get a first-round pick this year and next year and a second-round pick this year at the least. If you get that fourth overall pick, you can pick who hasn't gotten picked between Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, which already helps the D-line. And the rest of the draft helped your O-line and defense. And next year, use those picks to get Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah, I think that's the ideal plan there, Joey, and I appreciate the phone call there. Uh, Indianapolis seems like one of those sort of perfect suitors there. Um, and you think about the the, the quarterback race that's going to be taking place within the confines of the AFC South. It, there's really only one team right now 
that has their quarterback of the future, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. Everyone else, it's sort of up for grabs right now, whether it's Tennessee, whether it's Indy, whether it's Houston. And I think those are teams that look at themselves and say, all right, let's get this thing right and do it in the draft. We've seen Indy take the veteran route time and time again. I don't know how willing they would be to continue on that path. But what do you need in return? What is a must-have in return for you when the Bears hopefully trade this first overall pick that they have at their disposal? 312-332-3776. What needs to be in the package coming back to the Chicago Bears and Ryan Poles? Tio's in Elgin. What's up, Tio? Hey, Tyler. How are you doing? I'm good. What you got for us tonight? So um, I want to trade with the Colts. You want to trade I don't with the want to Colts. go past four and then get you know swap uh, picks, mm-hmm. get a first next year and a second this year and a player and a player. And okay. I want to uh, get either Carter or Anderson. I don't want to let them pass us. Got this. I'm in love with those players, so I want one of the, uh, one of them. Yeah. No, and that's kind of my uh, my feeling as well. Tio, appreciate the phone call. I, I, I look. Oh, sorry, Tio. Um, I, I look at. I want one of the defensive players, whether whether it's Carter, whether it's Anderson. I really don't have a preference either way. I don't think it really matters a whole heck of a lot because this team does have so many needs right now on the defensive line in particular that I think either one of them makes a good fit for this team moving forward. And you can't really go wrong with either of them. And when you look at sort of the, the top 10 in the NFL draft this year, teams that may be candidates to trade up for the number one overall pick. I know Houston's name is in there, and I think they're still a candidate, even though I don't think they'll ultimately be the ones that do make that trade. Indy, I think, is certainly in the conversation. Uh, it seems like Seattle is going to re-sign Geno Smith. It seems like there's a lot of mutual interest there. Um, I would say buyer beware if I were Seattle, but it seems like that's going to be the move there. I don't think Detroit's going to move up, and I don't think they would want to pay the tax that would likely be incurred because it would be a divisional trade. Um, Then you get into Vegas, and Vegas is the interesting one. Obviously, Brady's name out of the fold now with him retiring. Um, At least it seems like he's done done at this point. But Vegas is another one that's intriguing. I know people float Devontae Adams' name out there. I don't know if Devontae Adams is going to be a a piece that's going to be moved. You kind of heard he grew up a Raiders fan. And you also saw on Twitter today him sort of uh, recruiting Aaron Rodgers as well. He was asked on Twitter um, what neighborhood would Aaron Rodgers live in and or what or something along those lines. And then he said mine. So I think he's kind of doing his recruiting. I think. He maybe misses playing with, with number 12 from his time in Green Bay. Um, Atlanta is a team that's intriguing to me as well. They may be the sneaky one that moves up there. Carolina, also in that conversation to potentially move up. And then at number 10, you get the Eagles. Don't think they'll be making the plunge to get up to number one there. 312-332-3776. What are your must-haves in a return for the number one overall pick? Brian's in Deerfield. What's up, Brian? Hey, good evening. How are you tonight? Good. What you got for us tonight? Well, I think the Bears should optimally target either the Texans or the Seahawks, or both if things go great and they yeah. trade down twice. Because they have, both of those teams have multiple picks in the first round and will probably stink this year. So if you get you know their pick for the following year, it'll also be good. Mm-hmm. And in, in specifically 
if they trade with the Texans, then, you know, I think they should just maximize what they can get for trading down one spot, kind of like Lynch did to us with the Trubisky trade, mm-hmm. except a little more because this is one and two. And then uh, if we trade with the Seahawks, I think that they should try to swap our big guy for their number one receiver because our guys are dud. And maybe their pick and their extra first-round pick, you know, well, that would be lovely. I think. Are you talking about DK Metcalf with Seattle? Yeah, Metcalf for uh, for Claypool. Who's the kid from uh, yeah for Claypool. Yeah. I couldn't remember him. The kid from Notre Dame. Yeah, and thanks for the call, Brian. I don't think uh, DK Metcalf is getting traded. He just did sign a, a new contract, and I mean the vibes in Seattle were strong this year. It seemed like everyone there was having a good time playing with Geno Smith, and it seemed like that was a team that was really well put together with a coach who was doing a really good job of building a team and building a culture there with Pete Carroll. He's obviously done it a number of times at a number of stops over the course of his career, both in college and in the pros. So I don't know if, if DK Metcalf's going to be available. I think if you're going to make that trade, probably had to be last offseason. So that's probably out of the cards at this point. 312-332-3776, you want to talk Bears with us. The Bulls are getting set to tip off against Charlotte in just a little bit. But there is a lot of smoke now around how the bear or how the Bulls rather should handle the upcoming trade deadline. We're sitting a week away right now, and the Bulls have a number of pieces, and there may be a fork in the road right now. We will talk about what the Bulls should do. Is it time to blow it up? I want to hear from you. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Talking Bears and Bulls with you on ESPN one thousand. Tyler Rocky in for Black and Abdallah. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2. Also, you can take us on the go with the ESPN Chicago app or watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Bulls getting set to tip off with the Hornets in just a little bit. A lot of things going on, a lot of smoke right now around this Bulls team. And with the trade deadline just one week away now, this is a pivotal point for... Arturis Karnaschovas, and for Mark Eversley. I think, honestly, one of the best possible things for the Bulls and the franchise moving forward would be losing tonight. I really think it would be a huge benefactor for this Bulls team to lose tonight. And so you can start to see the splitting of the seams and you reach a fork in the road. And I think the direction becomes a lot more clear right now. You know, there. There's all this talk about, oh, what would this team be like with Lonzo Ball? But I feel like people, and while I do think Lonzo Ball is a very important piece to this team, they talk about him coming back to this Bulls team like he's prime Chris Paul, like he's going to be the savior 
a Hall of Fame level player. Lonzo Ball's never made an all-star team before. He's never even sniffed an all-star team before. And I look at the fork in the road that this Bulls team is at right now. They could make a really detrimental franchise-altering decision if they don't start to sell off some of these pieces now. Because this team is currently, as constructed, even with a healthy Lonzo Ball, not capable of going out there and making significant noise in the playoffs. They just aren't. The East has gotten so good over the last couple of months and last really year, you look at the teams that all made strides and have gotten better, have made moves to improve their roster. I think the most significant of them all is the Cleveland Cavaliers and what they did to go out and get Donovan Mitchell. The Atlanta Hawks went out, made a move to get DeJounte Murray. The New York Knicks brought in Jalen Brunson. You're talking about impact players who have contributed and have helped improve the team moving forward. And then, oh, by the way, you're just sitting in a already well-put-together conference that features the Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Nets, and the Miami Heat. Like, all those teams right now are ahead of the Bulls, and even with a healthy Lonzo Ball, okay, maybe you leapfrog one or two of them, but can you significantly leapfrog enough teams to get yourself out of this play-in spot. They're not even in the play-in right now. Bulls are currently sitting 11th in the um, in the Eastern Conference right now. Not even in the play-in game. So I'm looking at what the, the table looks like for AK and for Mark Eversley heading into this trade deadline that now sits a week away. And I was on ESPN.com today, ESPN Plus, and a bunch of the the NBA insiders were talking about big trades that they want to see made at this 2023 deadline. Let's start with this one, all right? So it's called the Hollywood Blockbuster. This is from Bobby Marks. The Lakers get Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, and Javante Green. The Bulls get Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, Max Christie, an unprotected first-rounder in 2027 and in 2029 as well. To me, if that's the offer, where do I sign? Let's get this thing going. You've got Zach Levine, who has not delivered to his max contract that you just paid him. You can get all of that off your books and kind of start fresh salary-wise, open up a lot because, again, you're not keeping Russell Westbrook for the long haul here. That's more of a, a salary match and also an enticer to get more assets in return. Lonzo Ball, who knows what he's going to do? Who knows what his future looks like health-wise? And even if he does come back at full health, he's been out of basketball for so long at this point, over a year now for Lonzo Ball, and he can't get back on the floor. So you're already going to be two years through the contract. You got two more to go. There's probably going to be a half to full season kind of revamp period as well once he does get on the floor to kind of get him back into the swing of things on the floor. So you're looking at maybe one year of Lonzo Ball, if that. All right. To me, that almost look even though there's a year or two and a half years left on the deal, that almost feels like an expiring contract that you would be getting rid of there. All right. And then next, Javante Green, he's a piece. Send him off. That's fine. 
when you look at the the picks that they would be getting back, I mean, you're talking about kids right now that may not even be in high school yet that would be making those picks. Like, you look so far down the road with 2027 and 2029, but that's just the unfortunate nature of the beast right now if you are dealing with the Lakers because they don't have those picks right away. And I think Max Christie is a young guy. I, I don't mind taking a chance on younger talent. I know he was a second-round pick, but this was a guy who a lot of people thought could be a lottery pick as well um, when he was in high school and and in the early stages of the college season. So that's a guy that I wouldn't mind taking a chance on there. Here's trade number two that was proposed. This is from Andre Snellings of ESPN.com. The Bulls get Fred Van Fleet and Malachi Flynn in exchange for Lonzo Ball and Kobe White. Now this one, I don't, th- this feels like a lot of running in place. And if the Bulls were closer to contending right now, like let's say the Bulls were sitting sixth right now in the East. I think this is a trade you make then. Because I do think Fred Van Fleet makes your roster better. He's a, a very high IQ basketball player at the at the guard position. Averages 19.5 points and 6.5 assists. Like that, This is a guy that I think you can win with. And he has been a part of, of winning teams as well. But the reason why it's running in place to me is where does Fred Van Fleet get you and where does Lonzo Ball and Kobe White get the Toronto Raptors right now? Where, where How does this improve both teams? I don't think it does a whole heck of a lot. And that's why I think it's time to, all right, it's time to make the big swinging moves here. You look at Vooch, expiring deal, and a guy who's actually starting to play some better basketball now. That's one name that I, I would be head over heels to, to try to find a trade partner and see what you can get. Another big reason why that, that Toronto trade doesn't intrigue me a whole heck of a lot is I think this team needs draft picks right now. Not just necessarily to make a, a play at uh, a, a draft pick this year and, and get your name into the conversation for the NBA draft this year, but who knows when the next disgruntled superstar is going to come about. Remember talking this offseason about, okay, what happens if the Bear, if the Bulls can make a trade? Like Rudy Gobert's name was out there. Donovan Mitchell's name was out there. And we saw both of those names get moved in the offseason. The Bulls could have never really been taken seriously in any of those negotiations because of the lack of a draft pick, especially in the immediate future. This Bulls team needs to have immediate future assets because in all likelihood, this thing isn't going to turn over overnight through the draft. It's in all likelihood going to turn over through making a trade for a superstar. Because these guys don't hit free agency very often. And when they do, usually the breadcrumbs lead you to a, a position and usually it's coming back to the original team. And it's a reworking of a deal more so than a chance to be courted and really look around. Like there's guys who have hit free agency that a lot of people probably don't even realize hit free agency because it was such a foregone conclusion that they were going back to that original team. Kevin Durant's one of those prime examples that you've seen over the past couple of years. Um, even though he has moved teams, he's also hit free agency a couple times and people probably don't even realize that he hit free agency because it was just a given that he was going back there. The other name that I hear surfacing in trade conversation is Alex Caruso. And I think there's something really interesting with Caruso because I think that if the only big move 
that the Bulls made this offseason, or rather at the trade deadline ahead of this a week from today, if the only big move that the Bulls made was flipping Alex Caruso, I think it would be the dumbest thing possible for this front office. And while I'm an advocate that, yes, you can trade Caruso, I, I'm an advocate. Get, get him out of here. And it's not that he's a bad player. It's just that he's got value, and it's time to ship out things with value and get draft capital coming back your way. But if you only trade Caruso, what are you accomplishing? Because it feels like a lot of sort of the running in place here, the just shuffling of the chairs on the Titanic deck, right? Because you're building for the future while also not really building for the future. Because Alex Caruso is a role player on this team. And it's, I think, is a pretty good one, too, with what he brings to the table defensively. But if you get rid of Alex Caruso, you're telling yourself that you're not trying to win now. But if you're keeping Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, you're also saying that you are trying to win now. And it just feels counterintuitive. So getting rid of Caruso and only Caruso... I think would be a real disservice for this team. I think multiple pieces have to be moved and this thing needs to sort of be started from scratch right now. Not to mention that if this thing does totally bottom out and you see the Bulls get into the top four this year and next year, that first round pick that they owe Orlando turns into two seconds. And that is a lot more appetizing for me as a Bulls fan because This team isn't winning a playoff series in the next two years. So why not take the gamble to try to just absolutely hit the bottom floor, hit the bottom of the pool here, and take a chance at getting these top fours in back-to-back years to try to recoup a possible asset? I think that's the way to go. And I get AK and Eversley may not do that because – they're, they're a little bit tenured now to the point where, all right, job security is all of a sudden a conversation. And I would understand why they wouldn't want to do that. But if Michael Reinsdorf were to give them the thumbs up and say, hey, it's all good. You can, you can flounder these next two years. Try to get us the, into the top four. I understand what you're doing here, and I like the logic. It makes sound sense. Then do it. But if after that it doesn't figure itself out, then it's over. But I could also see Michael Reinsdorf saying, you know, we're not doing that. And if that's the case, well, then AK and Eversley are going to have to follow those orders because if they don't, they're going to be out of a job. So 312-332-3776, if you have a Bulls thought for us or a Bears thought or any thoughts, it's All Calls Welcome all the time. Tomorrow is an All Calls Welcome Friday, by the way, with Bleck and Abdallah. The guys will be back tomorrow. They were in for Greeny earlier today from 10 to noon. Be sure to check out that podcast on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcast. Song of the Night is next. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2. The ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000.
Brooke and Abdallah have the night off tonight. Tyler Rocky in for the guys today. If you miss them, be sure to check out the Black and Abdallah podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also a new Bear Down podcast as well today. So be sure to download and subscribe to both of those on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcasts. Each night at around 6.50, we bring to you the song of the night. I wanna rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Tonight's song. Ladies up in here tonight. No fighting. We got the refugees no fighting. We go to 2006. No fighting. Shakira. 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 Never really knew that she could dance like this. She make a man want to speak Spanish. Como se llama? Bonita. Oh, baby, when you talk like that, you make a woman go mad. So be wise and keep on reading the signs of my body. I'm on tonight, you know my hips don't lie, and I'm starting to feel it's right. The attraction, the tension. Don't you see, baby? This is perfection. So, why are we playing Shakira and Hips Don't Lie? Well, today is Shakira's 46th birthday. So, happy birthday to Shakira. 46? 46 years old for Shakira. 46 years young for Shakira. She does not look 46. She does not. No, she does not. You know, this is one of those songs, and Jay Cantu, Kendra Smith with us tonight here on Black and Abdallah. These are, this is one of the, like the probably two or three songs that is like of our generation and will forever play no matter what. Like this is, I think one of the other ones, like an anthem of a generation. It's this one, and then No Hands by Waka Flocka is another one that like, those will stand the test of time forever. I, I, this was like, this song was like the first song that I ever heard from Shakira, which is so weird to say. I feel like for a lot of people, this may be the only song they know. Yeah. Well, the World Cup song. That, well, yeah, yeah that's like the top two. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, You're right. It's uh, it, it's up there, and then like the party rock anthem, like that is like for I feel like our generation. Yes, party rock anthem. That's that is a great it. call, Jake. That is a great call. I believe that's been a, a song of the night here on Black and Abdallah. I'd have to ask Abdallah to, to check the archives there. Anyway, so this song, 2006, is when it came out, and it was an instant impact. It reached the number one on pretty much every single country's uh, Hot 100 list. It went double platinum. I mean, this song's been everywhere. It will continue to be everywhere. Are you guys, when you guys go out to bars, are you guys big Touch Tunes people? You guys know what Touch Tunes is? I think I saw that it's familiar. At a bar. It's like the it's basically Before. a digital jukebox, right? Like you can yeah. you can you buy can do it credits. On your phone. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've seen it. I would imagine this song right here is like in the top 10, 15 of, of touch tunes. If they were to do like, I wish they did that. Maybe they do do that. But I would I would guess that this song is in like the top 10, 15 of uh, of touch tunes uh, digital jukeboxes across bars. She definitely still has her fastball. Mm-hmm. No doubt. She had it at the Super Bowl and she still has it now. That's right. That's right. A couple years ago. Shakira. Hips don't lie. Song of the night. Happy birthday, Shakira. Oh, you know I'm on tonight. My hips don't lie. And I'm starting to feel it's right. 
the attraction, the tension. Baby, like this is perfection. No fighting, no fighting, no fighting, no fighting. No fighting. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. We'll be back in two minutes. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.